0: Welcome to the Do Good Radio Hour with Bluegrass Community Foundation. Here at Bluegrass Community Foundation, we believe doing good inspires good. It's the gift that keeps on giving. The intention behind the show is to encourage you by sharing the undeniable good happening within our community. Tune into the Do Good Radio Hour every Monday at 2 p.m. to hear about the good that is the heartbeat of our community and how you can get more involved. This episode of the Do Good Radio Hour is particularly exciting because it is centered solely around On The Table. For those of you who don't know what On The Table is, this episode is the perfect place for you. I get to speak with Kit Anderson, who is just a wealth of knowledge about all that's coming up with On The Table. So just a little preview of what it is so you can be enticed to listen to the whole episode. On the table is a week of community conversations about the future of Lexington, and you get to be a participant. This happens April 10th through 16th. I want to say that date again, just so everybody hears because it's coming quickly, April 10th through 16th. If you are intrigued about what you hear from this conversation, you can register online now at ottlex.org. If you have any questions at all, you can email info at ottlex.org or call 859-536-1334. If you want to learn more about how to be an active participant in helping create the future of Lexington, keep listening. I am excited to be here with Kit Anderson. She is the evaluation manager and also the the on-the-table coordinator at Civic Lex, which we'll get into later on in this interview. But before we get started, I just want to give a little rundown of what Civic Lex is because it's such an awesome organization. And they envision a Lexington in which all residents are able to meaningfully participate in decisions that shape where we live. And Civic Lex has a lot of awesome programming and events coming up. That's why Kit is here with us today that will shape, honestly, the trajectory of where Lexington is going in the future. So, hey, Kit, tell us more about you, your
1: background, and what's going on over in your land. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, Katen. Um, So, yeah, as as Kate said, my name is Kit. I work for Civic Lex. I've, I've been here for about two years now. Um, I grew up uh, in Lawrenceburg in Lexington. I went to Tate's Creek High School, and I went away for college, and and ended up coming back uh, for longer than I anticipated with COVID, um, but I'm, I'm really happy that I've kind of found a landing place here in Lexington. And yeah, Civic Lex, we're a nonprofit, nonpartisan kind of civic education and democracy building organization. Uh, we're really just trying to make it easier and more meaningful to people get involved in local government, whatever that means. So we have all kinds of stuff going on right now. We're doing election coverage, you no know, primary coverage, candidate surveys and workshops and, campaign finance and in April we're having a candidate guess who you know where you uh, like the game that you flip the tiles oh, down oh I used um, to play that I love yeah, that yeah yeah we we played a round of it just as a trial run and you know what it's pretty fun um so, funny. so we're doing that with uh council candidates uh, we have a civic artist in residence program right now where we've got a quilter, a filmmaker, and a comedian in three different departments of city government, um, just trying to figure out like public participation and like bringing creativity and problem solving to some of the stuck aspects of of running a city, which it turns out, you know, there's lots of those. Um, And yeah, we're just, we're trying whatever we can to try to make democracy in Lexington healthier and more vibrant and just more active. Yeah, I love that. And
0: Civic Lex is, as you were just describing, a civic education organization. Mm -hmm. So, Give us a short synopsis of the mission behind Civic Lex and the work you do and why it's important. You've kind of already done that, but I kind of want to focus on why you think the work you do is important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, Civic Lex, uh, it was founded by my, my boss, Richard Young. Um, and I think that kind of the idea for him starting it is he was at a city meeting, and I wish I could remember what it was for, but it was for some massive change in his neighborhood. I think it was like a decision about housing or, or sidewalks or something really big, and he was really excited about it just as a, you know, a person who lived in the north side, and he was the only one there. Um, And it was a place where like a big decision was getting made about the neighborhood. And no one even knew that it existed. And um, that's kind of where he started because he realized that in terms of like government that affects our daily lives, local government is the most important and the one that people know the least about. So, you know, there's there's plenty of coverage about national politics, which can be very frustrating, obviously. And you know, there's some coverage about state politics, but in terms of like the changes you can actually make and the changes that are being made in your life, local government is kind of where it's at. Um, so that's our mission is, is to get people more involved in local government where, you know, they can see their council member in the grocery store, like they can talk to an EQPW employee about roads just while someone's out repairing the road, you know, like this is a place where change can actually happen. And it doesn't take many people to make a difference because input is so limited. So if a group of people who really care come together, they can, they can make a real difference. Yeah, well, speaking
0: of changing and making a real impact and getting involved, On the Table is basically why we're having this conversation. It's coming. Yes. Happen. BGCF is super honored to be involved with the evolution of On the Table as a partner and just where it's going to go from here through Civic Lex being the spearhead of this. So tell us more about On the
1: Table 2022. What is it and what's the vision behind it? Awesome. Yeah. So on the table uh, 2022. I, so on the table in general, I always like to start with for people who don't know, um, it's as, as I'm sure you know very well, Kate, and it's, it's been in Lexington for about five years. It started with the Bluegrass Community Foundation. Um, it actually started in Chicago, uh, which I didn't know in the beginning, um, but it got kind of picked up all over the country. And the concept is that it's a day or in our case this year, a week Of community conversations, all kind of around a common theme. And those conversations are meant to build community and build new relationships and learn from each other's experiences and kind of provide this like engagement opportunity. Um, So, this year, on the table 2022, we're continuing that same model. And the theme this year is Lexington's future and how our city is growing and changing. And there's a really specific reason for that theme. uh, And that's because these conversations, in addition to just being kind of this opportunity for neighbors to gather and meet and build community, the conversations and specifically a survey that everybody's going to take uh, is going to be input into this really important document in city government called a comprehensive plan. Um, And no one knows what that is, and that's totally fine. I didn't know what it was before I worked at Civic Lex, Uh, but it's this massive like 600 page document that's basically kind of in charge of guiding how the city grows, how land gets used, how zones change, how our streets and our roads and our stoplights and our buildings and our jobs change over the next 20 years. So it's a really big deal and it's a really cool opportunity to work with city government to make sure that thousands of people are, are making their voice heard in this document and that's what we're up to this year. Cool. This project is very multifaceted.
0: So can you boil it down to a digestible aim? What is your aim for this project? What are you all aiming for in terms of the conversations that you want to be had?
1: Yeah, I would say we have, I, I can boil it down into two aims. I know okay, I like that you asked for one, but I can give you two. Sure. And it's basically the two things we want are number one, we want people to gather, to see each other face to face and have a conversation where they're not yelling and they're not trying to prove something, but they're just trying to learn from one another and maybe see their city from a slightly different perspective, right. which is I think that the aim of any on the table, right? And then this year, we also want to have robust, accessible, equitable input into the comp plan that everybody in Lexington can weigh in on. I
0: love that. I love when you said not trying to prove something. Wouldn't that be so nice if we had conversations or we're not trying to prove something all the time? Yeah, every
1: now and then they happen and they always <laughs> feel really good. So That's, right. That's going to happen on yeah. all the people. I know
0: it. Yes, so- why are conversations like that important? I know Civic Lex is constantly involved in conversations in terms of community members. So why is it important for people of Lexington to participate in conversations like this?
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons. I mean, anything from, you know, I think it's easy to feel hopeless about, about government or about, you know, our communities and to feel like the problems are too big to solve. And I think the more time you spend talking with people who care about things and who want things to be better, the more achievable all that feels. So I think that's a really big deal. Um, it's also a big deal because we need to show our local government that we care and that we will show up to this and that our input matters and that processes is designed to give input will be successful. I think that's a really big deal because I I know that working in local government can be really frustrating and sometimes it feels like the only time they hear from residents is with a complaint, right? So I think it's really important to show like our constructive, like meaningful discourse that, you know, we also can hold. Um, and finally, I think it's just an education opportunity. You know, I think the comp plan, it touches everything. The, so the five themes of the comp plan, which are also the five themes of the conversation, are neighborhoods, the environment, jobs, transportation and then like urban and rural balance so if you care about one of those things which i would imagine most people do it would help you to know about the comp plan and to know how you can use that to to advocate for what you care for so i think that's a really big opportunity
0: sure yeah i love everything you just said and to kind of switch gears sort of i love projects Mm -hmm. like this because it creates this dynamic cross collaboration that Uh, surges in energy for like a true sense of community, you know, so who are your other community partners? Just give them a shout out who have helped you in this process. And what has it been like to facilitate a collaboration with so many different entities within the city of Lexington?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a really, really good question. And we have So many community partners and they're all volunteers and they're all, you know, dedicating time and energy and connections and resources to trying to pull this project off. So I am incredibly grateful to them. We actually have 36 people on our on our advisory group team, Um, so I probably can't list them all off, Um, but they're from all over Lexington from LFUCG, from UK and Transy, and BCTC, from Fayette County Public Schools, from nonprofits, and Commerce Lex, and <clears throat> excuse me, the Herald Leader, and Lex Tran, and, and the Bluegrass Community Foundation, and they are all kind of helping us build this program and to make it as accessible and successful as possible, so Um, you can see them all on our website. Oh, they're beautiful, smiling faces. Um, but I'm, I'm grateful to each and every one of them. Yeah. I just love that you all
0: have also asked input from that shows that you're truly reflecting what you're wanting to happen through these conversations is a collaboration of all of us from all different walks of life, all different areas of the workforce. And so the fact that you have all of these community partners is a reflection of what you're trying to implement into our city, so.
1: Yeah, that's an excellent point. And it's how Civic Lex tries to do all of our work is the how that we do it is as important, if not more as the what. So no matter what process we have, we try to build it the same way we would like anybody else to interact with it, so to speak. And sometimes, you know, in in On the Tables case, we certainly couldn't do it without this group. But sometimes, you know, working with a giant group of people is actually harder than if you just pick something and do it yourself your own way. But we think it's hugely, hugely important to have community build this event because this event is for community.
0: Very true. And... I love this next question because this podcast is all about telling stories of good that's happening within our community and it's your turn now. Do you have a story from, I know on the table has not happened yet, but do you have a story from throughout this process that you would like to share that has particularly inspired you?
1: Yeah, th- I thought this was a great question, and it, it kind of made me sit back and think a little bit because I, I have such like an in the trenches mentality right now. of Just like, got to send this email, got to get this donation, got to go, 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 go. And I was like, hmm, when am I inspired? Um, but the thing that came to mind for me was just the conversations that I've had with people who have no idea what Civic Lex is. They have no idea what on the table is. They've never heard of any of it. And even without that background, who still like the concept and jump to get involved and who without any kind of prior knowledge or connections are like that sounds like a great idea how can I help and that's happened kind of all over Lexington you know like at Pivot Brewing. They were like, absolutely. Let's use our spaces. Let's, you know, we can donate a gift card. Like, let's get involved. I was, I was just canvassing and I hit a game store on North Ashland and I got a table host out of that because, because the owner was like, this is, this is such a wonderful concept. You know, I've cold called churches and mosques and the detention center and businesses. Like I am, you know, just talking to so many different people and it's great, you know, people who have already done on the table who are continuing to support. I think that's so wonderful and so important, but to get new faces who also understand why this is important has been really, really cool. That's so great. I love that.
0: And just to round out the interview here, you've already talked about it a little bit, but I just want you to put a period on the sentence, kind of of. I think, you know, when people hear about this on the table event, their immediate thought would be the follow through is super crucial. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, we had these conversations, we've imagined a greater Lexington, now what? And you talked about this comprehensive plan. So that's Mm -hmm. what people are really looking for, I think, when it comes to civic engagement. So once on the table has happened, describe the next steps to put these conversations into action.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And there is there's a lot there. Um, We have a whole subset of our advisory group. That's our data working group that's focused on that question. But basically how it's going to go is April 10th through the 16th. We're going to have the conversations. We're going to have the surveys. All of those are going to come in. uh, The digital ones, you know, we'll have right away the paper ones. We have a team of planning and civic like staff ready to transcribe them. All that data is going to go into a big pool. And it's gonna get taken by uh, our data team, which is professors at the UK, Martin School, um, planners and civic-like staff. And we're gonna kind of wade into the, the data soup, uh, so to speak, and develop a code book of things that people say over and over again as being important or being something that bothers them or being something that they like. And we're going to develop a codebook of all those open response questions. So questions like, how do you think Lexington should protect the environment and what would make your neighborhood a better place to live? Those are open response questions that people can write literally whatever they want. Um, but we're going to go through it. We're going to code it. We're going to look at every single response. We're also gonna anonymize the data. So strip, uh, if people leave their name and email, they can do that. And we'll also strip anything in open response that might be personally identifying them. And we're gonna publish that online. So anyone, nonprofit, business, researcher, can use that data for you know a really, hopefully very robust picture of how people are feeling about Lexington. And then as the data gets coded, that's gonna to go to the planning team. They're developing the goals and objectives for their next comp plan. So, uh, that public input will inform those goals and objectives. Uh, In mid May, they have to present them to the planning commission and then they start writing the plan. Um, So, it's going to be a lot. I like, I'm, you know, everybody's like, oh, on the table's over April 16th, then you can rest. I cannot rest then. It's going to be even crazier after trying to make sure that this data gets processed and that, you know, people's input actually matters. Um, But something that I think is really important and really cool about the processing the data in addition to the, the actual outputs is that, um, Chris Woodall and Jim Duncan of, of the planning division have dedicated their entire staff to helping us process this data, wow. which not only is very helpful, but it means that every single planner is going to be immersed in this data, is going to be reading these responses, is going to be hearing what people have to say. And I think there's no, re- no way that they can do that without that kind of filtering into their thoughts, right? And filtering into how they think about Lexington. So I think that's kind of a really cool bonus.
0: Yeah, I love... I love to hear that, even though it's work for you, but I love
1: <laughs> even
0: after the event, mm-hmm. there's so much to do from the. Oh, event. yeah. That's what creates this ongoing conversation that will continue throughout. It's not just an event and, oh, it's over. It's can you? Yeah, no. And that's what creates change. And I think that's great.
1: Yeah. We're, uh, we're, we're really, really focusing on making sure that showing up at these tables matters and that people's voices are being heard and being used in this comp plan. And also with publishing the data being used in who knows what other projects like this is a data set that doesn't exist right now. And so, you know, people at UK, people with businesses, people at the public library, like all over our community, people are going to be able to use this data to build programs and projects and institutions that respond to the needs of the community. So.
0: Yeah. So speaking of your voice matters, I know it's coming up quickly, but as of right now, explain the different ways people can get involved. What people listening right now, how can they get involved? What should they do next after hearing all the amazing things you just said?
1: (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. So uh, first things first, go to ottlex.org. And right from there, you can register and registering isn't required, but it's really nice for us just to figure out, you know, how many surveys we need to print and who we're reaching so far. Uh, So there's a big red button right on that homepage where you can register and you can register to be a host. Where maybe you invite your friends or your coworkers or your book club or your family member to all have a conversation together. You can register just as a participant, you know, to just join a table. You can register as an outreach partner and help us get the word out, and you'll you'll get a call from me about how we can reach different communities. Um, and then uh, after you're registered, you can find a table right there from the home page. The second red button is all of our public tables. Uh, that list is being updated every day. I think we've got about fifty right now probably by the end of it, we'll have in the hundreds. So, you know, there's tables at libraries, parks, community centers, restaurants. You can find one that suits the, you know, time and place and style that works for you. Uh, We also have virtual tables um, if that's what works. And yeah, that's the biggest thing is just getting registered, figuring out if you want to host, if you want to join and what you want to do. And then once you do that, you're kind of in our system, You'll, you'll be getting the reminder emails and that sort of thing. So that's really all it takes, just a few minutes, clicking through some questions yeah just this is a side question kind of
0: but just for me take me through okay so say I want to be just part of the conversation mm-hmm. I click on that link I sign up for a table and then I just show up that day and I get yep
1: and that's that's it Yep. So, um, the almost all of our public tables, it is just kind of a you see it and you show up. There's a couple uh, that are asking for like an individual registration to that table. Um, I know the ones at UK, uh, they're asking you to register in advance because they're feeding everyone. So, they're trying to figure out how many people are coming. Um, there's you can on that kind of list of public tables when you click on any link, it'll tell you if uh, you need to register or not. Uh, but nine times out of 10, you can just show up.
0: Nice. Okay. And now another
1: road. If I want to yes. be a host, yes. what does that
0: entail? I click on it and say, I want to be a host. And then what?
1: Yes. So if you click on it and you say you want to be a host, um, after you do that, you'll get an email from us with kind of an explanation of what hosting is like, um, an explanation of hosting a public versus a private table, because there's a few differences there, a link to our host guide. Uh, which is this document that kind of is designed to be everything you need to know about hosting. So it covers logistics, how to plan a table, uh, it gives some facilitation tips for like how to, you know, guide a conversation. And then it also gives a script for hosting a table that if you want to, you can literally read from the script and it'll take you through every single piece of the conversation and how to guide it. And so that the host guide is designed so that anyone can pick it up and host a table. You don't need any sort of training or experience or, or you know certification, like you can just do that. But if you're still a little nervous or maybe if it's your first time hosting, uh, we are having host trainings. Um, there are several scheduled. If you go to our website and hover over participate and then go to OTT info sessions, uh, there's a recording of the host training and then there's a list of uh, when the next ones are. So if you're a first time host or, you know, you just want to figure out a little bit more about how it'll go down, uh, you can attend one of those trainings and hear from me even more. So, (laughs) well, listen, you are a wealth of information. And after all of this, I
0: don't know why anybody listening wouldn't want to get involved somehow. This is just a great opportunity. I think is the best word to describe it. It's an opportunity for people to really be a part of what's coming up next for not only themselves, but their family and uh, everyone else, you know, so
1: yeah, absolutely, so the
0: work you're doing and we appreciate it here at BGCF. And just one more thing before we go, can you shout out your social media as well? I know people can, so they can follow you like you and keep up with everything that way.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. So on Facebook, we're just civic Lex. That's one word like C I V I C L E X. Um, our uh, Instagram civic Lex dot K Y. So same thing. Um and yeah you can check us out there we've you know we'll be promoting all these on the table things. So, if you're not sure you want to get involved yet, you can just like us on Facebook. Oh, I should say that's another option with registration. If you just want to say, I'm not sure how I want to get involved, but I want updates about the process, you can just click that, give us your email, and then you know, make a decision later. So, we are oh, registration is open to join a table through April 16th. So, if you see a table on April 15th and you're like, hey, that looks kind of cool, I might want to do one of those. You can do it the very next day. So, Kit, thank you so much again.
0: And, you know, maybe the next time we talk, who knows that we'll have all these things that have happened from this event that we can discuss about. The yeah, <laughs> I'm going to have a lot more gray in
1: my hair next time, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much and good luck. Thank you. Thank you for all your great questions. I'm excited about it. All right,
0: everyone. That is it. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you were encouraged by the stories of good happening right here in our community. I definitely know that I am. Make sure you tune in next Monday at 2 p.m. for more good stories and the next installment of the Do Good Radio Hour.